1st of July, this is our next Singivial interactive debate. And today we are going to be talking about blockchain and Bitcoins. And so the heading of our debate today is blockchain is here to stay, Bitcoins are not. Now the idea, let me introduce, introduce everybody. It's just me and Jonathan today. So you should, if you don't know me, my name is Neil Singer. I am um, the uh, senior partner of Singivial and of uh, Click to Purchase, which is a software biz software product which allows you to buy buildings online. Jonathan is a software developer, architect, author. What else are you, Jonathan? Interested in everything? Oh, Singer. just interested, yeah. Singer. And together we have built um, the Click to Purchase um, uh, software platform which uses blockchain technology. So now let me just explain the, how the event works today. So the idea behind it is that Jonathan's going to give you a little introduction about what blockchain is and what Bitcoins are, etc. Um, we'll then discuss the um, proposition. But before we do so, we'll actually put up a couple of polls so people can actually tell us um, if they um, believe in the proposition, they agree with the proposition, and <coughs> excuse me, and if they've actually owned any uh, bitcoins. And then what we'll do is we'll then have a debate. People are very welcome to join the debate. The idea behind these interactive debates is that you can actually put your messages up like everyone normally does on webinars. But what we want to do is we want to get you on screen. We want you to come online. Well, the invite, if you put your hand up, which you, I think everyone knows how to do, you put your hand up, you can, um, I will invite you in, you can say your piece, don't be shy. If you're shy, keep your camera off, but hopefully you're not too shy. And then we can have, we can actually have a little chat about blockchain and Bitcoins. And at the end of it, we'll have a, another couple of polls and we'll see if we've changed anyone's mind. So that's the idea behind it. We are actually also CPD accredited. So if anybody would actually uh, like a CPD certificate at the end of this discussion, then please get in touch and uh, we can send it on. So the first thing before we get going, then I think it would be very helpful if Jonathan gives you a bit of an overview about what blockchain technology is and Bitcoins. And again, if you've got any questions, you can get involved straight away. Jonathan. Right. Thanks, Neil. Um, hello, everyone. Right. So let's talk about Bitcoin and blockchain. So I guess anybody interested has Googled and, and gone to YouTube and had a look. So I'm not sure of the audience. I'm going to go all the way down and do this as simply as I can. So if there's anybody out there that doesn't understand the very basics, they'll understand. We're not going to get too technical and it's not going to be too long. What we want to do is first understand that the blockchain is something that when you make a transaction, it's a method of storing that transaction and verifying it. And after a long, long time, you can go back and you can say that transaction occurred. So there's a not only uh, you know certainty there, but it's buried within other transactions so that there's certainty with the mixture and the combination of all transactions. So if Neil pays me and I pay someone else and so on, we've got a record, an audit trail of these transactions. Now let's explain the blockchain a little bit uh, better. We're going to go layman's terms. I'm going to say, I pay Neil, and I'm going to write it on a letter, I owe you, or I paid you. I'm going to fold it up, and I'm going to put it in an envelope. 
Now, Neil wants to go and pay the next person. So he writes a letter and says, I'm going to pay you X. And he puts the envelope with the original letter with my transaction into another envelope with his letter with what he does. And if you can imagine an envelope within an envelope going forward and forward, and it's all nested and growing, you could see how difficult it might be to get access to the original envelope and the original transaction. And in a nutshell, that's really what the blockchain is doing. It's taking transaction information. So when you pay somebody, it's taking that transaction and it's storing it in a way with cryptographic mechanisms to store it so that it has a height, a depth that is something that you cannot go in and alter. So in a way, it's unhackable. We are still, still susceptible to passwords and, and other things as human beings. But in a nutshell, we cannot hack the blockchain. The blockchain appears on multiple nodes, thousands of nodes distributed around the world. And each envelope with the nested envelopes is stored on every single computer again and again and again. And that gives you even more certainty that the data is correct. Now, if you compare that to what normal things occur in the banking institution, you've got a database, you've got software engineers, what's stopping an engineer from going in and marking your bank account balance as zero? The truth is nothing. There are checks and balances, there are certain things in place, but ultimately a person with the right admin can do damage. So Bitcoin is just, a mechanism for storing value. It is a unit of value that is stored within these transactions and it has a value that we place on it, much like fiat or any other currency. We, we deem it to be worthy of something we want to barter with and we give it intrinsic value. Um, and that, that's in a nutshell, Bitcoin blockchain. Have, have, have I said it clearly, Neil? I think so. I yeah. think so. Anything you'd I, like to add to that? Well, I, I think I think what a lot of people um, uh, are confused about, or when they ask me, is that they think that every transaction that occurs on the blockchain is based on cryptocurrency, and that's just not true. Just so people are clear, blockchain is a um, uh, uh, is a is a a, a, a peer-to-peer uh, yeah, mechanism, peer crypto, mechanism yeah. and cryptocurrency is probably the best known use of the blockchain technology. So, yeah, so there is a separation, yeah. There's a separation, but people do get confused and they think that Bitcoins and blockchain are intrinsically linked and that's not correct. So, so, so of course, I mean, just to elaborate on that is if I wanted to put uh, something into the blockchain, just, just take, you know, we, we say coin, a coin, we place it into the blockchain. Um, that is a unit, an, an asset, a, a unit. It doesn't have to be that. You could have a coin that goes in that represents a mug, right, or represents a building. So you can have other types of assets that that go into the blockchain. And then you get all the cryptographic and peer-to-peer -peer node distribution and all that kind of thing, uh, which is really the engine. So think of it as Excel, that's the engine, but it's distributed across all the, all the machines and we're all sharing the same Excel in, yeah. in a sense. Uh, and the actual asset, the coin, is the entry that's in the spreadsheet, which could be other things. Oh, we've got someone saying the diary invite is one o'clock. You can't stop what. human behavior there on time zones. I don't know what that's about. Oh, maybe that's a different cut. Maybe that's for a different, but it, yeah, no, the, has everyone else got the, well, we've got plenty of people on here saying it's started. So how strange. We didn't send a diary invite. Anyway, 
we are where we are. People can always watch it online later. Thank you anyway um, for the message. I mean, what we do in click, in click to Purchase, just so people are clear, when you buy buildings online using our, our software, we store it in blockchain technology. The transactions um, are um, uh, um, uh, occur, off, occur in our software. We don't use cryptocurrency, but we record and anchor it in blockchain technology. So click to purchase is a perfect example of blockchain technology where there is no use of cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, th and that's a vital, you know, a very important distinction is because, you know, any negative connotations that people might have with cryptocurrency, um, it's not something that the click to purchase platform, you know, embeds itself with. So we, we embed ourselves within, you know, if you say a database system, that, that's how we are looking at blockchain from click to purchase standpoint. We're storing the order trail, the entire uh, KYC process um, involved within something that you cannot change. So as a developer, I cannot go to the database in the back end and say you did not build uh, buy that building um, and that's a very very important uh, piece of, of of the puzzle of keeping not only transparency and immutability and things like that but it, it's very very important uh, in terms of how we don't have this kind of thing existing in the world right we don't have these checks and balances in an easy way so blockchain yeah. itself yeah. provides that yeah yeah Okay, so just so we're clear, because Richard has thrown me a bit. Have you seen Richard has said that there, there was a diary invite at one o'clock? I, I don't know. Who, anyway, I'm not quite clear how that has worked. Anyway, if people come online, they come online. Right, now let's, let's start. I think it'd be quite interesting. Let's ask a couple of questions of the audience, and then we can go into the, um, the little debate. So I'm going to start with the first poll, all right? Do you agree or disagree with the statement? Blockchain is here to stay Bitcoins or not? Now, you should be able to see that on screen. So let's see if I can give people a, a, some time to vote. Right, let's see. Where oh, it's, and then it's an moment, interesting question. I think so. And let's, we're, and let's see. You'll be quite, I'm actually quite surprised how the answers are coming in. Anyone else want to vote? Nearly there. Come on, don't be shy. Vote, vote, vote. All right, let's end it. Okay, so let's end it here. Let's end it here. So here is, here's the poll. Everyone should be able to see. So 60% disagree with the statement and 40% agree with the statement. Actually, I'm quite surprised. I actually thought that less people would agree with um, the statement. So that's actually, um, that's actually quite interesting. Let's do another poll. And I think let's, this is also, will, I think, be very useful for the debate. Who owns Bitcoins or who owns any cryptocurrency? Oh, this, this is breaking the privacy now of, of blockchain. <laughs> yeah. I hope you can't see when they say yes. <laughs> I can't see who. I can't see who. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Okay. You can put right. your wallet address in there as well. Okay. Okay. Right. So let's end the poll. Okay, this is quite interesting, actually. So this way is we've got more or less. Wasn't that the? Wasn't okay, so that, there's a twenty percent discrepancy yeah. there between agreeing with the statement and owning. That's yeah. Okay. Right. Let's battle commence. Okay. Let battle commence. So I'm going to start. I'm going to my first. What we're going to do is we're each going to say four things why we agree or disagree with the statement so i i think that blockchain is here to stay by bitcoins or not so let me my first point for the audience is that bitcoins has got no asset backing 
and has therefore got no inherent value. Now, if you think what is currency, currency is a medium for the exchange of goods. Uh, instead of swapping, say, a hen for six eggs, as you might have done a hundred, couple hundred years ago, you use currency, and it's a way of it's a way of bartering. In fact, if you actually were to get yourself your twenty-pound notes, it actually says on it. I don't know if anybody's ever bothered reading it. It actually says on the twenty-pound note, it says. It says that I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of 20 pounds or 50 pounds, whatever. It's a promise. The currency is a promise. And the value of currency determines how many goods can be swapped or bartered. And the value is determined by whoever is promising to pay the bearer. And I think that is the key point. So the currency is underwritten by the country controlling the currency. It is asset backed by that country. So if you had, a, if I had a pile on my desk, I had a pile of dollars, and a pile of sterling, and a pile of third world um, uh, country um, currency, and you were asked to choose which currency you would like, the chances are you would take dollars because the U.S. economy underwrites the dollar and is regarded as the most stable and the largest economy in the world. So the U.S. government would never fail to meet its promise to pay the bearer. Now, the problem with cryptocurrency is that there is no asset backing. And because there's no asset backing, there's no inherent value. There's no one promising to make a payment and there's no one guaranteeing the Bitcoin can be used to buy goods. I mean, if I decided um, at Singaviel that we were going to create our own currency and we said we're going to create click to purchase coins. And I said to my clients, um, buy some coins off me for X and when I actually I sell a property for you, I'm going to send my fee note in and pay me in CTP coins. The only person if, if it's any value to is myself. If I walked into Tesco's to buy something and I offered them the equivalent um, in Singavial click to purchase coins, they wouldn't take the currency. So my first point, um, and I think the main point from my side is there is no asset backing to cryptocurrency no asset back into Bitcoins, and hence I think it will disappear, um, number one. Okay, my turn, I guess. Your turn. Okay, right. So I'm going to deal especially with, with what you said. So the first thing you said is that it's promise to pay, right? And you held up your little note. Okay, it's a nice note. Looks good. It's got a promise signature on there. I promise. The problem is, the government is doing a false promise because it's not them that are paying this back, it's citizens. Citizens are paying back the money because the way it works, and this is a layman's view here, is that they sell bonds in order to get cash, which by the way is 3%, that note is 3% of the world's money. 97% is just digital anyway. And that money is purely debt, it's manufactured, it's printed and it's manufactured out of hot air, and it's purely debt. And who pays that debt? Well, the debt is repaid by citizens. This backed by government is actually backed by tax. It's backed by other mechanisms within the economy. Now, we all know that all of these systems work on trust. We're gonna trust in the system. We're gonna trust that this has value. And the problem is, is that that trust has gone away. Your second point was that they always meet the promise that they give. Well, 
that's not true in Turkey. That's not true in Zimbabwe. That's not true in Argentina. And not the, true in Mexico. But then the currency—that's why the currency is. But it's but it's not backed by anything that that will remain, right? So in 19, I think it was 73, when Nixon removed the gold standard, there was nothing that you could actually back it on except government saying, you know, I've got a building or so. Now, who owns those buildings? Well, if you actually look deep enough and you find that the government sells a bond and then a bank, a central bank buys the bond and then buys a building with that debt, uh, what have you got? You, well, you've got a circular movement of debt. That's all it is. And that is something that has collapsed. There's, there's large cases right around the world. Like I said, Argentina, Mexico, you know, all these places have suffered large economic crises. When the trust disappears, when conflict occurs, and the monetary system as, as a whole is something that when you say trust, it's usually based in ignorance. We're, we're really ignorant about how money actually works and how debt works. Um, so I'll conclude. I think that this trust mechanism is an incredibly, an incredibly false dilemma, really. They are saying that they are backing it, we believe it, but it's not true. <laughs> yes, wow, Jonathan. You can rebut, I love, I love the point. I think it's worth going back to what where blockchain and Bitcoins um, emerged. It was about what, it was after the financial crisis or the, in 2009, where apparently this guy called, what's his name, what's his name? Satori Nakamoto? Wrote a paper, the idea being that you could no longer trust the institutions and therefore they wanted to remove Big Brother from the process and they wanted to find a way of transferring um, uh, 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 assets, um, without Big Brother looking and taking a cut because, of course, Lehman's went bust and everyone no longer, no one, people no and longer... And, of course, the Big Four has lots of corruption and, and all of that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The pro yeah, but the problem... Yes, so the problem, Mike, but the problem is, is that Bitcoins is supposedly based upon the fact that there is no one else out there to... So, therefore, because there's no one Big Brother, you, can, you don't have to trust or mistrust anybody. That's the, that's the idea behind it. Well, I think yeah. it's more about the decentralization, the privacy yeah. and the, the ownership that you have in your own assets. I mean, let's, let's face it, the money that you've got in your bank account could go missing. It could. Yes. And yes. there are many, many people that went to withdraw money in 2008 and they couldn't. Yes. And so that, that is a very, very good indicator of government saying that promise without any merit. Okay, so that actually leads me on. Okay, so but, but I still take the view that someone has to control um, the the currency. Other, so you're quite right. You talk about Zimbabwe, which of course the currency collapsed because no one trusted the government. Hyperinflation, no, really. No, yeah. no one trusted that the government would stand behind the the money. It was they started to look at the dollar, didn't they? For example, well, it's slightly slightly different thing because hyperinflation. You, you know, you just keep printing, printing, and printing, getting more debt, and then the so value decreases. Yeah, because yes, you get hyperinflation because yeah. the economy is collapsing. That's so you lose trust in the asset backing. Your asset, the currency, is asset backed by the economy. The economy is going to pot. Hence inflation. Anyway, that's a slightly different topic. 
Okay. But it does lead I'll on. I'll concede that until the second point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my second point, my second point is that governments will never allow Bitcoins or cryptocurrency to take over their systems. Absolutely, it will never happen. And the reason it will never happen is that without, without a government being able to control their currency, they cannot control their economy. If you remove the control, the government has got zero control over their monetary policy. They can't print money, they can't restrict money, they can't control inflation, they can't inflate economies, et cetera. So if, a, so if a government cannot control its own currency, investors won't invest in that currency. The world population and other people will not be able to take confidence that that government will stand behind its promise to pay the bearer. The government has got no control of its own country. Now, without, without its, its own currency, you can't control anything. So my point about Bitcoins and cryptocurrency is there is no one party controlling the system. Um, and it is decentralized. It's owned by the community, but no one is controlling it. It's got no. And therefore, because there's no control, governments are not. There's no way they're going to hand over control to another another uh, organization. I mean, it, it, you could argue that in a way you, the euro has shown how countries have suffered where they actually haven't had control of their own currencies. So I think that there because whether you love countries cryptocurrency and bitcoins or not the governments will never allow it to take control of their economies so that's my second point okay Cash? control 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 right why do we have a need for control okay so that, that's the first thing that pops into my head right so let, let's let's think about this the world economy has trillions in it and in fact it's about 70 trillion in debt who owns that debt central banks, citizens buying bonds, and so on. Corruption. How does money move around the globe currently? Well, in existing systems, we like to blame Bitcoin for the dark web and all the other uh, nefarious activities. However, billions is moved between existing banks that we know of. Think of one. They corrupt. They move money on behalf of terrorists and all that, and government has allowed that. Now, you're talking about central control. Right. Auditors, yeah. big tax uh, firms have been, you can just Google this, the big four accounting firms, just go and Google it, look at scandals, and you'll see billions. Jacob Zuma and the Gupta family in South Africa moved the 100% of the annual GDP out into their own bank accounts over a five-year period. Control is there for a very good reason. Very good reason. It's not just governments won't allow it. I'm going to address that point now. But control, they want control. I'm just giving the reason behind it. Is because they can control how much money they have. While the rest of the citizens in the world have to pay it back. They can type in a number in a text box. If you're going to get a mortgage on a building. And they, they will type two million pounds press enter and it's manufactured, you have the debt, they didn't have the money to begin with, right? This is something that they can do. Now, this kind of behavior, this kind of control, you're right, it's there, but it's for the bad reason. I just wanted to undermine the control first. Now, let's talk about how and why they will have to relinquish slowly. It won't happen overnight, they'll fight. We, we, we've got all this happening at the moment, don't we? right? Big scandals, right? China's banned it. Like we get that. Okay. But let's talk about control. 
Right now, we don't understand what's happening in the big four accounting firms. We don't have the accounts and the trails. And if we did, then there would be much more arrests, right? Many more arrests. With Bitcoin, we have privacy, but we also have the possibility of exposing a wallet address and its owner in the public domain. We will be able to track movements from wallet to wallet to wallet much better than we can right now. Now, I think, I think that governments are already allowing this. Why? Because laws around the world have already created it as an asset class and taxes are being uh, summoned for your Bitcoin that you own, right? So they're already showing the move over into Bitcoin. They own 73, I think it's 73,000 Bitcoin the US government, because of seizures and that so. So they actually own billions in Bitcoin now. What are they gonna do with that? It has some value, right? Uh, millions of people are buying Bitcoin. It does have value. What are they gonna do with that? China owns something like 10 billion US dollars worth of Bitcoin as well. What are they gonna do with it? So I think there is, you're right, there is a risk that more and more control, but I think Bitcoin will rather than fold, it will just evolve. Most technology, Technologies, you know, you know, leading edge technologies have been claimed by financial institutions. Anything, everything in history that has been invented, that's good for money, uh, you know, transfer and so on, has been adopted by banks. I think the likes of the financial institutions right now are more likely to adopt the technology in a way that best suits them than it is to get rid of it completely. So I concede your point. I think that government does want control, banking institutions will want control, they definitely want to control it, but I do not think that that's a reason why Bitcoin will disappear. In fact, it will be the reverse. It's a great technology of which they would want their pie in it. But the problem is the very fact that they want to regulate it. People do talk about mm. cryptocurrency being regulated. That sure. the, the fact that you want to regulate it undermines the whole essence of the theory behind blockchain technology and bitcoins the point is that you don't need to be regulated so if you have to regulate something which was devised to avoid mm. regulation then what's the point okay so so no technology that that i know of uh you know especially with with software and that where, where it comes out it stays exactly the way it was right? It evolves. We have versions and updates all the time that you switch on your TV yeah. or there's an update for your TV. Um, it's, 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 it's really not far-fetched to believe that Bitcoin will evolve into something else, right? I, th I think it's happening already. Satoshi's vision of releasing a private-centric peer-to-peer, removing the middleman sort of ideal may not come to fruition. I, I accept that, it might not be. But the idea behind blockchain, the idea that the, the currency of Bitcoin, right, can be removed from hyperinflation. If there's a war going on, you've got your asset value that's completely detached. I think there's value there. So I think that in, in, in a nutshell, I think that the, the governments will accept that technology and I think that they will migrate it. And I think the Bitcoin, you know, developers and all that have already conceded many, many things. There's forks in the system. That's perhaps a different type of risk. But uh, they've already conceded in making certain things happen to make it more worthwhile to the public. So I think, you know, for example, uh, last point, I think like, for example, 
uh, just being able to get a wallet, for example, on your computer is very difficult, right, for your layman, right, to install the software, build a, a, a wallet on your computer, have it running on your, on your desktop, uh, opposed to going to an exchange. And an exchange is already uh, almost the centralization of it. So we've already given up that idea of having a completely peer-to-peer -peer system because perhaps it's just too complicated for everyone to adopt and it is changing so i think it's not a reason why bitcoin will fail it's just the reason for why it will evolve and change yes software does evolve yeah and and updates occur and developers improve etc but i don't think the concept of cryptocurrency will change the concept is the same. I can I cannot see how the concept will change. And the concept of 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 the of the currency moving transactions peer to peer. No, I, I don't think that part will change. But it's 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 possible if you're a charity for you to use the system in an open and transparent way. For example, you could publish your wallet address, and you could say this is you know what we what we have, and you can move money to it, and you can see where we where, where we spend it. And the, therefore, the privacy that was originally yeah. invented, right, this, this is what we're going to concentrate on, is perhaps, you know, privacy and, and um, transparency is, is a double-edged sword, right? You can't have both. And I think that, that blockchain and Bitcoin can provide a little bit of both when you need it. I think it would be, a, I do agree that it would be a very, it'd be a very good thing for, as you say, a charity prints its wallet and then people can track the transactions hmm. on the open ledger which is what blockchain technology is all about so they can actually see where the spend is going i think that's actually quite uh, that is actually in theory i would say that's actually quite good but to know where it's going you need to know every wallet that it's going to that is otherwise, true. That is otherwise true. all you do is you see it going to you don't know if it's going to jacob right. zuma's wallet or not and, and of course many people disagree because you know th their idea of privacy is is um the first thing, their primary idea yep. of what it should be. Okay, so you're going to argue, aren't you? You're very good. <laughs> okay, so look, we've got, I do want to encourage people to get involved because these are our views, but of course there are other people's views. So of course, yeah. we're going to bring in, Robert's got his hand up. So if anybody wants to come online and say something, please do. And if you go on, I will just cut you off. All right, so be warned, you've got, but, Please do come, you know, be brave and tell us what you think. So I'm going to, let's get Robert, let's get Robert promoting you to a panelist. Robert, are you there? Robert, 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 Robert. Is it, that looks, that looks suspiciously like Dustin Hoffman to me. No? Where is he, Robert? Uh, he's muted. Robert, I think he's, there you go, there you go. Robert, go on. Hi, Robert. Right, what's your view, Robert? He's, Unmute you. Let me unmute. Oh, you need to unmute yourself, Robert. Ask to unmute. Unmute yourself. Um, right, there you go. There you go. Morning, gentlemen. Just to say, Hi. very, uh, very informative uh, debate. Clearly, good, strong arguments from, from both of you. Um, is there a particular currency or Bitcoin currency that is going to take a preference? So, if one can agree that there is a future, is it not something that you would say, well, there's a multitude of currencies out there, but effectively the dollar and sterling is predominantly what the world wants to trade in, for argument's sake, or the euro. So I don't know how many there are, but could you possibly see 
from this sort of debate that there is a future potentially for a few rather than many? That would be my question. Today. Because actually at the moment there are, I mean, how many cryptocurrencies are this hunt there's thousands on there i mean it's ridiculous that's my whole point it's just well, not you, possible I, to sustain it, 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 that many hmm. yeah i mean if just for people who may not understand you can create your own currency very easily as i touched on earlier and then you can use it you can suggest it as a way of bartering your services so i could have my currency over here to buy to buy and sell on a, a service from my agency and then speculators over here could start to trade that um speculate on the value buy and sell it buy and sell it because i think it's the future the value is going to go up or down so you can create a currency really quite easily i i think i mean to answer that question about you know is there room perhaps there are a few questions is there uh, you know is there room for many currencies in our future are they going to drop off some of them some of them remain which ones are going to be stronger and so on and i think it's kind of like if you think about it from how countries came to be, we have boundaries. And these boundaries are basically to control and self-govern. Now, the financial side is to make a profit. Now, the people that are speculating with new currencies all the time and creating exchanges, these people are specifically in it to make money, to have a currency. And I think that's gonna come and go because the software is there, it's available, it's open source. People can create a currency at any moment. So I think that means that currencies are gonna come and go, but some of them, which most of us feel, and that's really the point, where most of us feel that there's value in a particular currency, it will remain. But of course, there's also other angles. For example, uh, Bitcoin is trying to position itself maybe as an asset class. Something is better for transferring. So I think we're going to end up with exactly the same landscape. And my, my first point was really the human nature right, of boundaries and so on. So I do think that it's difficult to gauge which currency is going to be there for the long term. But remember that Bitcoin is something that holds not only the code, the inspiration, and of course, the name brand, right? I'm going to Google it, buy Bitcoin. People can say Bitcoin and actually mean something else, right? They've bought Ether and Ether may be a small secondary kind of currency that people understand. Bitcoin is massive. So uh, in a nutshell, I think Bitcoin will be there for the long haul. Okay. And I think that other cryptocurrencies will come and go. But I think they're all connected, which is interesting. Okay. Right. Um, thank you, Robert. Right. Thank, yeah. you. thank you, Robert. Right, Robert. Okay. So please, other people, come on. Let's not be shy. Let's hear what you have to say. Right. Shall I go? Shall I move on to my third point now? Let's move on to my third point. Right, let's talk about money laundering. In 2017, the government um, brought out the money laundering, terrorist financing, and the transfer of funds regulations. And those regulations specifically state that you cannot enter into business arrangements without determining the identity of the parties involved. You must know the source of funds and failure to undertake adequate checks is actually a criminal act. And equally, you must report suspicious activity. And if you don't report suspicious activity, again, that is a criminal act. Now with relating to the property industry, for example, if I'm selling a building 
I have to money launder my buyers. If I sanction a sale and I haven't done so, I'm actually creating a criminal act. So it's actually quite, there's a very strict requirement now to know where the money's coming from and to know that who is that who's actually um, spending the money. Now, it, the problem with cryptocurrency and the security and anonymity behind it is that it's in direct conflict to anti-money laundering regulations, both in the UK and in other countries. Now, Elon Musk has been on, you know, been on the news and said, I will take, one minute he says he'll take it, then he doesn't, I will, you can buy a car off me with Bitcoins. That's what he said, what, a couple of months ago, isn't it? Well, there's no way he can do that. If, I, if you walked into a Tesla showroom mm. and you said, I'd like to uh, buy um, your, your car and here's $50,000 in Bitcoins, he would not be able to take that money because he would not know where the money's come from and he would not know the source of, he would not know the owner of that wallet. Now, you may say, well, it's actually it's my wallet, but you, you can't prove it. You need to prove to him that you own the wallet. And then you'll, then you'll have to say to him, how did I get my money into the wallet? Well, I bought some Bitcoins or whatever. Hmm. So the problem is, is that it's in direct conflict to the anti-money laundering requirements now, which are worldwide. Now, as I said, as I said earlier, people talk about regulation. But again, the essence of blockchain technology is that there is no regulation. There's no big brother and there's no bank and there are no intermediaries. And therefore, you can't really buy anything with Bitcoins. So all this talk about Bitcoins being able to buy buildings around the world here and buy a building around the world there, it's all nonsense because you just can't do it. So there you go. Point number three. Can't do it. OK. Uh, look, can't do it. Look, I think I think. Where, where I think you've got a real, real point here, and, and it is a risk for Bitcoin. Bitcoin's ideal of privacy and distributed networking and, and um, that kind of thing, it does go, it does fly in the face of regulation. The truth really lies in how you feel about privacy. How you feel about what you do with your own money and how that sort of translates. And I think that's really the, the one side of the argument, which is, you know, we do want, absolutely want privacy. And yes, that's gonna fly in the face of regulation. But I think on the whole, citizens around the world would be, we're already comfortable with banks owning all of our information, credit unions owning all of our information. And every generation, we become more comfortable with that. I think Bitcoin came out of the whole hacking, privacy, you know, rebellious kind of nature, you know, those kind of ecosystems on the internet. And I think, as I said before, I think it will change and evolve. There is nothing stopping Bitcoin uh, from being regulated in some way. There is nothing stopping us from doing it because but it's it, being it done already. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense, though. I completely concede the point. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense because it was built on the ideals of privacy. Let's say we throw that privacy away that doesn't take away Bitcoin. So, so it undermines a particular uh, point of view of why it should be around, but it doesn't remove Bitcoin. 
from the equation. The, but then what's the point? The point is still audit trails, transactions, uh, security, transparency, immutability. I agree. Uh, proof I, of, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, 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 I agree that transparency and audit trails is an increasing necessity in everyday life. And I think that the chances are that um, the way the, the paper currency that I showed you, you what that'll disappear. I mean, I hardly ever use Correct, yeah. current. I have I'd use paper currency anymore. Yeah. And the governments will start recording. Sterling could become, in effect, a cryptocurrency. There's no reason why not. But okay. it's asset backed by the country. Well, yes and no. I mean, Bitcoin it doesn't have not. to be that way at all. And one could argue whether it's it's uh, as I said in the first point. Um, you know, whether you trust that or not is entirely based on your understanding of it's, the monetary system. It's a bit like, yes. I mean, the, if there were one currency for the world, I mean, if I were, if you happen to be in Australia and you happen and you said, I'm going to buy, you know, would you take um, 20 pounds to buy something in a shop? Hmm. If they said yes, then you're starting to use another currency in another country. But it's, I, I think the country as a whole has to mm. be prepared to there take are, multiple currencies. Yeah, there are Bitcoin uh, ATMs around the world. You can buy cups of coffee if you want to spend that. It's not advisable right now. Um, I think that is just a step away. But but I mean, really, your point was about regulation. And, and I, I do agree with you. I think regulation will step in. Okay. I brought Vipal, Vipal in. Are you there? Who wanted to say something? Here we go. Hi. Absolutely, I'm here. Hi, how are you doing? All? Hi there, guys. Hi. Hi. Good. So I was just basically saying that Bitcoin was invented as mostly a store of value in my basically understanding or the limited understanding I have. And it used to be used to transfer value, but the primary objective was to be as a store of value, to be honest. All of these other currencies that are currently coexisting in the market are basically they are mostly due to the governance uh, uh, sort of use cases I believe will uh, 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 be an example of that is Cardano or basically PNB and basically so on and so forth so they are they will stay forever until those kind of platforms and uh, they exist and they allow uh, 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 the other apps on DeFi and all those kind of things to coexist on those platforms. So my basically point of opinion is that Bitcoin will be existing as a store of value only until it is paired with all of these other coins. Once that pairing goes away, then Bitcoin will eventually disappear, to be honest. And all of these uh, uh, the other tokens, they would stay until that platform is providing services for various dApps and other, basically. Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll take this one I, first. Um... Firstly, I, I don't think that's true. It, it wasn't invented as a store of value. It was invented as a currency. Um, it was invented to be transferred uh, peer to peer 
um, and remove the middleman. I think that's the primary objective of that. I think it's become a store of value because the transfer rate, the way that blocks are created, the 10 minute cycle, how many transactions you can put, all these kinds of things is a slow mechanism. You know, it's not as fast as MasterCard and Visa and all these other things. Um, but it, but I think, I think the the other point as well about the fact that that the share of other currencies, I think it's the other way around. I, th I think Bitcoin is the primary. I, I think, I, and and you say which Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin BS, BCH. I mean, which one? But the truth is, you know, there are people right now with value in the Bitcoin currency and the open source code. Nobody's going to throw that away. And that really underpins nearly every single crypto that there is. Yeah, and it, it uh, be epitomizes to, to say that all of these uh, um, business rules and uh, the tokenomics and everything exists as code rather than in the hands of a few individuals. And that's fair enough. It was basically, uh, say, uh, so the Bitcoin was invented to be an open source free transfer and store of value and blah, blah, blah. But I am still of the opinion that it is valued so highly as of now, only because of the fact that you have got pairs existing against Ether and BNB and ADA and all these other coins around 2000 of the other tokens or coins around. Once that pairing with BTC is eliminated at that point of time is what I feel that okay. is it, it may it may be true All right. it may not okay. be I'm not sure yeah. yeah okay so that's great listen thank you very much thanks for your for, point of view there yeah thanks for your point of view now how do I make attendee right there you go thank you very much right should we move on to um move on to my third point right it's right, uh, now it's actually um i've actually got there's a there's a message actually that's in the chat from angus who says what about fossil fuels he says mining bitcoin uses the same amount of energy as the netherlands each day if crypto gets even bigger energy uh, more greenhouse gases actually i'm not in some ways i'm sort of my next point is a little bit like that um my the reason my last point actually is that the Bitcoin blockchain ecosystem will collapse. Now, as the Bitcoin network grows and there are more and more transactions, the computing power to solve an algorithm and be rewarded with the Bitcoin becomes more and more expensive. I mean, for people who are perhaps unfamiliar, um, you have uh, what is known as miners. Miners, if you've probably seen images of these warehouses with banks of computers row after row, and they are extremely powerful um, uh, uh, computers. They're using a huge amount of energy and they're trying to be the first to solve the algorithm, which is basically the, the, um, the, the uh, programming around Bitcoins. And then they get rewarded for creating the next transaction and going into the ledger uh, in, a, in, a, in, in a nutshell. The, because the power has become so huge, and you can imagine with all these banks of computers that um, there's a huge amount of air conditioning that is required and hence in a huge amount of electricity that you'll actually, you can, I think I'm right in saying, Jonathan, now that there's a lot of these um, uh, warehouses are now in the Arctic Circle because all they're doing is pulling in the cold air. Yeah, yeah, Iceland's got, got yeah. a massive one, yeah. Because it's much cheaper. So these miners 
um, uh, are, they are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the problem with the problem is therefore they're costing more and more to build and more and more to run. Mm. Now, what these miners do is they are rewarded for running the system. As we know, there's, there's miners around the place. What happens when they're no longer being rewarded? Now, the idea behind Bitcoin technology is that there are only 21 million Bitcoins that can be mined in total. And this is set in the, in the, this is set in the code. And once Bitcoins have been mined thoroughly, What's going to happen now? I, th- I actually looked up. I found online that as of February this year, 18.6 million bitcoins had been mined of the 21 million, leaving just 2.3 million to be mined and brought into circulation. And the reward equally halves each year. So the reward originally was 50 bitcoins. Then in 2012, it became 25 bitcoins. In 2016, it was 12 and a half and so on. So the actual reward for mining the Bitcoins has become smaller and smaller. Now, my point is that once all the Bitcoins have been mined, the miners will have no incentive to keep the network going. They will be rewarded for processing transactions, I understand, which is like a couple of hundred dollars here and a couple of hundred dollars there, but it won't be worth their while. And therefore, from a purely technical point of view, once all the bitcoins have been issued, the system will collapse. There you go. That's a strong view. That's a strong be, view. You can't be that, can you? That do you, I, do you okay, so I'm only, I'm only going to make one point about that, and then perhaps we'll turn it to uh, the listeners to to come back and see if they can, if there's anybody out there smarter than me to come back with this energy issue, right? Uh, it, it is an issue, right? It is an issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing I want to say is that. I don't think that the 21 million, the cap, the, the mining situation and all that, once it reaches the end and so on, is necessarily the end of Bitcoin. I think that's just a scenario and we don't know what's going to happen. But I think my, my gut says that the value that's already been placed in the network is going to be there. Maybe I'll be able to buy some cheap GPUs after they discard them, all those miners, right? And maybe I can actually buy a proper GPU for my computer now. Um, there's been a scarcity. I don't know if you know, GPUs around the world. What's uh, a GPU? So, uh, your, your graphics card in, in your oh, computer okay, to play okay. games and all this. There's okay. been real use of that in the mining community. Okay. Um, so let, let's open it up and see what people think about what the answer might be for um, the energy. I will just say one thing about the energy, and that is we have an energy crisis around the world for all kinds of reasons. And we've got climate problems for all kinds of reasons. And I think this is another part of something that we have to solve. And I think that green energy and all of these other things are generally the solutions to all of our problems, slowly but surely. And I think as a society, we need to move there. I don't think Bitcoin is something we should concentrate on and say, this is the problem. We've got plenty of problems. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not suggesting it's, I'm not, I'm just, all I'm just thinking about is the, is that uh, the incentive to run the network on the basis that on the basis that no one, no one owns the network. That's the whole point. Right. No one owns the network, so therefore we will have to run the network together. So what is the incentive? There's no incentive. So actually, I'm going to unplug my machine. And well, I, the, not... the worst that will happen is that every machine that's already on the node will start mining themselves, right? So every, every computer, it's your wallet. You're going to launch your wallet, and it's going to mine. Um, and that's fine. 
right? Um, you don't need a, a warehouse full of servers to, to do this. Um, so okay, I think so it will just change from a centralized, you know, group or conglomerate of miners to just individuals, which is probably more like the original goal in the first. But place. how will a how will a, a computer, my laptop, have mm. the power to solve the solve the riddle? Well, you know, in that case, you know, our computer systems are increasing all the time. There's quantum computers on the horizon. There's so many issues. I, I don't think what my point is, is that all these issues we're talking about in terms of miners or when the when, when the um, the supply can't be mined anymore and so on. I think all of these issues is in our future. I don't think that it's the necessarily the cause of collapse. I think we will evolve and change. We will reach those situations and we will change how things work. Um, so I agree with you. I think these are issues, but there are other risks too. Right? Yeah. But I just think we will confront them. I don't think it's a reason why Bitcoin is going to collapse and disappear. There's still value in your wallet. And once you've got value in your wallet, if you've got a million worth of Bitcoin, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to throw it away, switch off your computer? Um, well... We'll have to see. I mean, there's a, I've actually, I'm going to tell everyone a couple of things that I've picked up. This is, these are news articles in recent months um, on the BBC website. So here's a couple. So just to sort of help the discussion, some, uh, Nouriel Robini, a professor of New York University's Stern School of Business, said in, May, in, uh, in February this year, said, fundamentally, Bitcoin is not a currency. The technology does not allow more than five transactions per second. The Visa network allows 24,000. And um, again, I think that people don't realize that this, that, 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 that to me, that again is a technical block on the future of cryptocurrency. The, um, here is a, this is a quote. As you may have heard, everyone, Nick Candy has said that he'll take 175 million pounds for one of his apartments in one Hyde Park, and you can buy it in Bitcoins or you can buy Ethereum. And a senior cybercrime officer has warned that luxury flats being sold for Bitcoins could be exploited by human uh, gang, sorry, by criminal gangs. So again, I think that is exactly the point I was making earlier about um, the money laundering. I can I can substitute that with a um, couple of news items of myself. <laughs> um, HSBC allowed fraudsters to move millions of dollars of stolen money around the world. Yes. Even after it learnt that it was a scam, JP Morgan allowed a company to move one billion US dollars through a London account without knowing who owned it. Yes, but that doesn't mean that means that though the banks, in fact, HSBC, as we all know. If you've, if you've any, anybody watching has got an HSBC account, knows that they drive you nuts these days, asking you to fill in forms to check that I'm not. That's money only for citizens, through. isn't it? That's only for yeah, us. But they are. I think doing the corrupt it. can move money around. You know. Yeah, but they're doing it because that they are. They are um, obviously. They did. They 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 did allow money to be moved, and I agree. But doesn't just because they did something which they shouldn't have done, it doesn't mean that bitcoins is the answer. It means that the banks have to should be the regulations not working. That's I think what, what it, it points to. I think well, well, let's let's address that quickly. So auditors, if you ask an auditor, you know, can they audit a business 
successfully and know what's going on and is there transparency and they'll say reasonable right i can give reasonable assurance they'll never say yes they can't it's too complicated man hours the complexity of transactions and software systems transfers bank accounts across the across the globe it is a complicated business so if you say well bitcoin doesn't answer this well it could it could we've got a technology where we can do active tracing um, and build it into the system and it's distributed it's not centrally governed um, and centrally a place where it can be hacked or manipulated uh, cryptocurrency can also be manipulated uh, the tsb in june banned cryptocurrency cryptocurrency transfers amid fraud fraud concerns with fine finance and kraken how much? So, what was the value of that? I've got no idea. Okay. Because I've got, I've got billions. I've got a list here of billion moved, billion, billion, 1.7 billion. No, what is amazing, I'll tell you what, <laughs> what is amazing, if anybody does actually look at the blockchain ledger hmm. and you can see the value of the transactions being moved, you see ones that are £10, $10, $100, and you see the odd transaction, which is hundreds of thousands of I mean, it is quite interesting, I have to say. Imagine anyway. if you were looking at the banks, right, and what the transactions are going through too. I think the real thing here is, uh, and maybe it's one of the polls you're going to end with, but we have to think about, just as we are uneducated in Bitcoin and blockchain and don't understand the algorithms and the cryptography behind it, right, as laymen, mm -hmm. we also don't understand the global monetary system. We think we do, but there's a lot more to things, right? Stocks, yep. dividends, bonds, yeah, you yeah. It, right? It's all, it's all there. And I think that the one um, has a way of being transparent and the other has been cloaked for decades and decades. And so I think Bitcoin might be an answer. Okay. So I'll tell you what, now we've, right, we've all, we've, you and I have had a nice little have, 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 I'm wondering if we've actually addressed bitcoins or not. Uh, is that what we've done? I feel well, like we spoke think, about blockchain. I, I, I think that um, I think uh, bitcoins will disappear. Still, still after our debate. I right. still, uh, yeah. Let's let's see. So let's ask a couple other questions of the viewers. So, do you trust the existing financial institutions? I think it's clear. So this is like JP Morgan, HSBC, the big four accounting firms. Um, do you trust to uh, hold your money, that your money will be there when you want to withdraw, um, that they're not using your money for debt, uh, to bring the country into debt, to increase your taxes and your burden? There's a whole lot to that in terms of trust. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... Again, I'm not sure it's entirely relevant, but, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's just see. Let's just see what happens. And um, here's the results. I would, I'm not surprised. Can you everyone see that? You should be able to see that. 72%. Unsurprisingly, 72% do not trust the financial institutions. I have to say they've had a pretty bad record of the last 10 years. I, I, the banks, of course, Lehman's was the, the biggest disaster. You've got Madoff, who obviously ran off with everyone's money. Uh, you've got uh, HSBC for being fraudulent with transfers of uh, money laundered money around the world and so on. So there's plenty, there's, there's also, bring it more local, you've got things like patisserie value went bust where money disappeared. And I think, I can't remember which, I think it was Grant Thornton. I can't remember which of one of the accountancy firms 
uh, didn't pick it up in their audit, etc. So anyway, that's hmm. um, in technology we trust. <laughs> yes, in technology we trust. Um, so let's go back to the question we just asked at the beginning. Blockchain is here to stay. Bitcoin's not. Have I convinced anybody that bitcoins are going to disappear? So who agrees and who disagrees? Let's see. So what what was the what was the answer? The, what was it at the beginning? I think I about forty percent agreed at the beginning. And the point of reduce, re, redoing a poll is to remember the first statistic. <laughs> I think it was. I think it, I think it was. I think it was forty percent at the beginning. Um, all right, let's end the poll and let's share the let's share the result. And it looks like I haven't persuaded anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so after all that i think after, there's three percent gap 58 after, to 61 i think we'll, we'll after, have to watch the stream back to see it yeah after all that effort and <laughs> i've got i've got one last um poll which i think might be quite interesting we do have a hand up and if you want to take i think that's one. robert still yeah that's still robert um uh he might i think he's put his hand down okay so who's going to go and buy some bitcoins Who's going to go buy some bitcoins? Even though, what's the price today? I don't know, fifty or sixty thousand dollars. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've got some bitcoins, everybody. I have got some bitcoins or fractional, because no, that's I've, also a plus about this. I, I, uh, I have got some bitcoins. Oh, not many, not many, but I have got some. Oh, right. So let's see who is going to buy some bitcoins, and only forty percent, um, which in some ways flies in the face of the poll which said that 40% disagreed with the statement that Bitcoin would well, disappear. I, th I think there's a fundamental human condition. You know, we feel that we should be allowed to barter with anything we want. If it's chickens, it must be chickens. It's our right. It's our democratic right to select who we pay and how we pay and choose our mechanisms. And I think even if you don't own Bitcoins, I think that's why it's not going to be stopped because people inherently want to be in control. Whether they go out and want to risk their little bit of earnings that they have, that's a different story. But I, I, think, it's, I think it's a true reflection. Okay. So we'd be going for an hour. We, if anybody else wants to make a last comment, um, Oh, then by all means, by all means, uh, put your hand up now and we can just pull you in for the last minute. One thing that might you might find interesting uh, because about I have to do a bit of a plug about audit trails and transactions, etc. Remember that Singaviel is the only agency, certainly in the UK, I actually think worldwide, where we anchor our transactions in a blockchain ledger which means that when we sell a building, you have absolute proof of audit trail that goes into the ledger. And therefore, if you want to favor us to get the most money for you, which of course we will, you've actually then got absolute proof of how far the sale price has gone. And you've got proof of the money, the buyer's got proof, they've got proof of the audit trail, and it's all about trust. So whether you, and I think trust is the big thing about blockchain technology, trust more than anything else. However, if I was asked to sell a property, and I have been, and take cryptocurrency, look, I'm just the agent. I wouldn't take my fee in cryptocurrency, um, but I would, um, um, but I would take um, uh, payment. I would. I don't mind selling if the vendor wants cryptocurrency as the currency to to to, to sell a building. 
I don't want it in my feed. But you might find the process quite interesting uh, anyway. Um, what's this last comment? Shameless publication. Have you SE sign off for this? Oh, that's nice. That's friendly. Not sure what that means. <laughs> I think I, I think I don't know actually. Richard, why don't you come online and tell us what you mean? Don't really understand that. Anyway, thank you. I think that's it. I think we're done. Unless anyone else has got any more comments. Uh, anyway, thank you for for watching and and. Uh... For listening yeah. us rattle on about bitcoin you probably had enough of it most of the time i bore yeah. people with it most of the time yeah yeah so thank there you, you very thank you very much for listening if you're in if you'd like to discuss anything else further please do uh, get in touch would be delighted to talk further good thank John, jonathan thank you very much thanks neil and if anybody would like a um a cpd certificate please do send an email to the office and we'd be only too delighted Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Thanks, bye. people. Thank you. Bye. bye. bye.